Motherhood has been used to oppress and exploit women for centuries, but it doesn't have to be this way. And as mothers, we're ready for a revolution. We love our kids, but we struggle with losing our identities, bearing the weight of motherhood without enough support, and striving to meet those impossible standards of what it means to be a good mother. It's time to openly discuss how motherhood is deeply affected by patriarchy, racism, and capitalism, so that we can break free of these systems. As mothers, we know our work is valuable and has radical potential to birth a more equitable and inclusive future for ourselves and our children. Welcome to the Rebel Mothers Podcast. I'm your host, Susie Fishleader, and together we'll explore the challenges of modern motherhood and reclaim mothering as an act of liberation. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rebel Mothers, where we don't just blindly celebrate motherhood, we tell the untold stories and expose the silent struggles. Today, I'm confronting the ever-elusive mom guilt, and specifically how it shows up during the holiday season. How do we find that balance between celebrating the magic of the holidays without succumbing to overwhelming self-doubt? So pour yourself a cup of hot cocoa and let's jump in, shall we? Today, we're going to start with talking a little bit about the difference between mom guilt and regular guilt, including some specific examples. And then we'll talk about who benefits from mom guilt. And finally, we'll dive into some strategies for addressing mom guilt when it does show up. So what is mom guilt and how is it different from regular guilt? Mom guilt is characterized by feelings of inadequacy, self-blame, and regret among mothers. It is this deeply personal and sometimes even paralyzing sense that you're falling short in your role as a mother. And this phenomenon is particularly unique to mothers, not because fathers don't experience their own forms of parenting guilt, but because societal and cultural expectations often place a heavier burden on women when it comes to caregiving and nurturing roles. So here's how I perceive mom guilt as different from regular guilt. If I do something stupid or thoughtless that I regret, like maybe I forgot to text a good friend on her birthday, um, or I hurt my husband's feelings by saying something thoughtless, that's guilt. I did something wrong and I feel bad about it. I could beat myself up about it, or I can apologize and make amends and then eventually I can move on. Or maybe it's something major I did wrong and I feel guilty and bad about it for years. But the point is that regular old guilt is me doing something wrong and feeling bad about it. Mom guilt is this perceived failing against some impossible ideal of what it means to be a good mother. So let's say I forgot to pick up my kid at school, which happened. <laughs> I, I can feel regular guilt about that. I made a mistake and it caused him some measure of anxiety and concern, but I eventually picked him up and apologized. Although he still teases me about the fact that when he called me from the office on speakerphone, I went, oh shit, I'll be right there. And of course, four school administrators were in the office with him. So this isn't mom guilt. This is regular guilt in the course of being a mom. The mom guilt would come in when I say to myself, oh my gosh, you're a terrible mother. How could you possibly have forgotten your son? You've probably traumatized him. He's going to be mistrustful for the rest of his life because this trusted caregiver completely abandoned him and let him down. That's the mom guilt. Of course I'm going to forget my son every once in a while. Like, that's just human. But this impossible ideal of a good mother, a good mother would never forget her child at school. So the mom guilt comes in when I keep on beating myself up, right? So 
here's some other examples. Mom guilt is when it's Friday night and I'm white from a busy week and I just want to have a lazy evening. So I order a pizza and my daughter goes, oh, mom, pizza again. And I feel guilty for not cooking a healthy meal because good moms cook healthy meals for their kids. Or, you know, I'm scrolling Instagram and I see a post from a friend about how she took her kids to visit their grandma in a retirement community and they made cute handmade cards. And now I feel guilty because I don't take my kids to volunteer service jobs. And honestly, they've probably never written a thank you note in their life. You know, maybe I told my family that I need an hour alone while I'm soaking in the bath. And I hear my kids fighting in the living room and I hear my husband sound stressed trying to get them ready for bed. And I feel super guilty for taking time for myself during the worst hour of the night. This is mom guilt. This is when I feel bad about myself or my actions, not because they were inherently wrong or they go against my values, but because I'm not measuring up to what a better mom would do. Mom guilt can also be taking regular guilt and blowing it way out of proportion, like I said before, right? Let's say the kids are bickering constantly and they're whining about dinner, and finally I snap and I yell at them. I can feel regular guilt because I yelled, and I don't want to be a yeller. But the mom guilt is when I take it even further, and I go on to beat myself up about yelling, and I tell myself I'm the worst mom ever, and if only I were more patient or more resourced or just a better mom, I wouldn't have yelled. So you can see that mom guilt is this really tricky, sticky issue. This is where getting really strong in your personal values is a helpful exercise because once you start to feel guilty, you can pause and ask yourself, do I feel guilt or shame because I've done or said something that goes against my own values and how I want to live my life? Or do I feel this guilt because I feel like I haven't measured up? I'm not enough in some way. And since mothers have historically been the primary caregivers and homemakers, we're fighting that perception that mothers should have the primary responsibility for their children's complete well-being and happiness. And we're also expected to love mothering 24-7. So whenever we do inevitably snap at our kids or forget them at school, or maybe we dream of a quiet one-bedroom apartment with books and a cat and no one else to take care of, mom guilt shows up to make us feel bad for not loving every second of motherhood. And this is why there's no equivalent for dads. You never hear the phrase dad guilt. So yes, even though dads are increasingly sharing parenting responsibilities and the patriarchy for sure shows up in dads with their own struggles with shame, the ingrained cultural norms and societal expectations continue to shape the experience and reality of mom guilt. So There's probably a lot more I can say about mom guilt, but let's go ahead and specifically explore this concept around the holidays so we can be better prepared this holiday season. What are some of the ways mom guilt might show up this time of year? I'm going to list a few to spark your imagination, and then we'll kind of dive deep into how we address it all, right? So here's how it can show up. Number one, perceived expectation and the pressure to create perfect holiday experiences My husband calls me the maker of magic in the family, and it's true. I bring the magic to all of it, the birthdays, the holidays, the vacations, the tooth fairy, all of it. I want my kids to have a beautiful holiday experience so they have magical memories. And so if I feel like I'm failing them in some way, like I'm failing to make the holiday season perfect, I feel mom guilt about it. And of course, that's ridiculous, and it's unrealistic, and it's an insane amount of pressure to put on one person. But there it is. And that's what makes it mom guilt and not regular guilt. 
Um, another way it might show up is comparison with others, right? You're going to see other families seemingly flawless holiday celebrations on social media or in person, like if you go to a party at someone's house. And this can, you know, really breed these feelings of inadequacy and guilt if you feel like your efforts don't measure up. And something I realized a few years ago, um, it was actually right after the pandemic started, is that remember, on social media, you're actually seeing a collage of everyone's stuff. So they're all posting one thing they love to do. There's a mom who truly loves to bake and genuinely enjoys baking cookies. So she posts pictures of her beautifully decorated cookie display, right? And you see that. And then you see the dad who loves that extravagant Christmas light display that's set to music and he posts that so you see it. Then there's the family who always vacations in somewhere sunny and you see those pictures. And that's maybe the one thing that each of these families do. They do this one thing and they post one thing, but we see all of it and we feel like we have to measure up to all of it. I see beautiful cookies and amazing decorations and fun family vacations, not to mention other people's perfect holiday family cards and they're doing charity advent calendars and they're making cute Christmas crafts and they're volunteering as a family. And I think I have to do all of these things, which as I'm saying out loud, I realize that's ridiculous and impossible, but this is what comparison to others does to us. It makes us feel inadequate for not doing everything, all the things that everyone else is doing, even when literally no one is doing all these things. They're maybe just doing one or two. And this goes back to that pressure to create perfect holiday experiences, right? Because I, again, I want my family to have those things. So now I've seen someone else's perfect holiday and there's a lack that's been constructed in my head. Like now I know they're missing out on the perfect holiday cookie because my decorating and baking skills are crap. So another thing that can cause mom guilt that plays into all of this is financial stress. The financial burden and strain of buying gifts, hosting gatherings, decorating the house in order to create this magical experience and maintain traditions can be super taxing, right? You might feel mom guilt around money if you're not working outside the home or maybe you're working part-time and not bringing in as much money as your childless peers. Maybe you feel mom guilt about spending too much money trying to make the holiday perfect. If you're the primary breadwinner, you're probably feeling guilt about how hard you have to work to make ends meet. So financial strain around this time seems to be even more magnified, and that's for sure causing a lot more guilt. And then there's extended family dynamics, which seem to come into play a lot during the holidays because we have to see our extended family. And often, as rebel mothers, we're raising our children in a way that goes against mainstream parenting, or it's different in some way from the way that we ourselves were parented. So this can cause a lot of pressure when you're put in situations where you feel like you're going to lose no matter what. Like if your aunt is coming to Christmas dinner, and you know that she is going to insist on hugging your kids, and even though you've been diligently teaching your kids about consent and body autonomy, you know it's going to cause a scene when they don't want to hug her. Or, you know, your mom maybe wants you to come visit for the New Year's brunch, but you know the timing is going to totally wreck your toddler to have a long drive in the middle of the day. Maybe you feel guilty about having to put your foot down on your in-laws buying your kids way too many presents. All of these situations are likely going to bring on some measure of guilt. And then finally, because the holidays are typically a time when we're not eating as well as we should, right? If someone hands me a peppermint crunch brownie, I'm totally eating it. Or maybe, you know, you're staying out too late at events. Maybe if you drink alcohol, you're consuming more than normal, right? Our basic self-care routines are slipping. 
which makes us feel like crap and makes us more exhausted and uncomfortable, which makes us grumpy and more likely to snap at our kids or partner. So cue the extra helping of mom guilt there. So these are just a few examples of how mom guilt can show up at the holidays, and I'm sure you have many of your own. So what do we do about it? Well, let's take a step back for a minute and discuss how the very concept of mom guilt is not only harmful to moms, but it's also upholding patriarchy and capitalism. Because a very important question to ask when you're feeling guilt or shame in in general is, who benefits from me feeling this way? Mom guilt is intricately connected to patriarchal norms and traditional gender roles. It upholds the idea that Women are the ones who should have primary responsibility for caregiving and emotional labor, often at her expense. When mothers feel guilty for not living up to these expectations, they're inadvertently validating the idea that a woman's worth is tied to her performance as a you know, mom, a caregiver, a homemaker. So then this systematic guilt can limit women's opportunities for career advancement, right? If you're feeling mom guilt about leaving your kids at work, Maybe you stay home. Maybe you take a part-time job, um, which limits economic independence and maybe even personal fulfillment. So then that's ultimately reinforcing the power dynamics that have traditionally favored men. So then the whole system benefits from this labor that women do around homemaking and caregiving and everything just perpetuates. It's like this cycle. Moms are shamed for nearly everything they do. Like it's no wonder we feel guilt around motherhood. Any of the choices we make around mothering, like let's say work, whether you're working full-time or part-time or you're working from home or you're doing all of the homemaking and it's just unpaid work, right? None of these choices come without some measure of, you know, judgment from people in society. Take breastfeeding. This is a fun one. It doesn't really matter what you decide to do. Whether you breastfeed your child until they're four, if you do a mixture of breast milk and formula, if you want to breastfeed but you weren't able to, if you didn't want to breastfeed at all. I mean, in so many of these choices, there is no way to win. And then there's this whole bullshit story of the mommy wars, which pits mothers against each other, when really we just need to demand more from our partners, our communities, our places of work, and our social policies. Mom guilt means mothers will always feel like they're failing, which makes them too defeated and exhausted to fight the systems that create this inevitable failure in the first place. In other words, the United States needs moms to feel guilty, or we might start demanding more help from society. Mom guilt benefits men, employers, and the government because this guilt means that moms work harder every day to do more, take on more, buy more, fulfill more needs, all to solve this perpetual feeling of not being enough instead of insisting that we need more help. So making individual mothers feel guilty or ashamed about their choices, right? It keeps the focus off all the ways society is failing women and mothers. And instead, society actually capitalizes on the insecurities and doubts that mothers may feel about their parenting decisions. And one of the solutions often presented is to just buy the next best thing and that will solve all their problems. And advertisers and marketers, they know this, right? They're going to exploit these emotions, encouraging mothers to buy the most educational toy, the number one recommended by doctors, whatever, designer clothing, organic food. Um, I read a great paper from 2016 called Shame on You, an analysis of guilt-based advertising strategies directed at parents where they did a study on advertisements in Parents Magazine. 
and concluded that, quote, while women are often working two jobs outside of the home and in, they are inundated with advertisements that showcase a life they don't or can't have, don't want, or maybe already have. And two of these three lend themselves to feelings of guilt, guilt for not wanting it or guilt for not being able to afford it. The images of women in these advertisements not only reinforce outdated stereotypes, they also reinforce notions of guilt for women, end quote. So basically, through the media, through lack of social policy, through all this stuff, moms are manipulated into feeling guilty, and that guilt makes them work even harder to overcome feeling like they're not enough, which everybody else in the world benefits from, except for mothers themselves. And when you put it like that, it's really, really crappy. (laughs) I hate feeling manipulated. Motherhood is hard enough. We do not need this extra nonsense. A quick break in our program to let you know that Rebel Mothers is brought to you by the Mother Bloom Coaching Program, now accepting new clients for 2024. Imagine yourself in three months, happier and more patient with your kids, confidently setting boundaries with family, and actively contributing to a more equitable future for all mothers and children. It's life coaching tailored for rebel moms, and Mother Bloom covers it all. Work-life balance, partner support, generational healing, and more. Our live one-on-one coaching calls become a weekly self-care treat just for you. Plus, enjoy an exclusive friends and family discount when you sign up by the end of the year. Ready to elevate your mom game in 2024? Visit mymotherbloom.com and join the motherhood revolution. So what can we do about it? Are there strategies for dealing with mom guilt, especially heading into the holidays where we know it's going to get even worse? Yes, there are. But first, I want to address some of the common ways society pretends to help moms that actually make things worse. You'll hear things like, oh, don't worry about creating the perfect holiday. Your kids just want to spend time with you. This is actually a really fun double whammy of guilt. It infers that moms aren't spending enough time with their kids while also downplaying all of the very real work that goes into planning and executing holidays and events for the family. Sure, the idea behind the statement is maybe meant to take the pressure off moms, but why can't we start treating moms like they're actually smart enough to know what needs to get done and what doesn't, and stop guilting them into spending every waking second with their kids while they stress about what to make for dinner that night? Another old standby in so-called helpful advice comes in several forms. Taking time for self-care is so important. You can't pour from an empty cup. Put on your own oxygen mask before helping others. You get the picture. Telling moms to take time out for self-care can be unhelpful if you're delivering it without understanding the complexities of their lives. While self-care is important, the very idea of taking time away from caregiving responsibilities can sometimes place even more guilt and pressure on mothers. In many cases, Moms are already juggling numerous tasks and responsibilities, and suggesting that they take a break can actually make them feel inadequate or selfish. Furthermore, the availability of time and resources for self-care can vary widely among mothers, and not all may have the privilege of easily carving out that time. So I'm not going to give you that advice right now. I trust that you know what's within your capabilities for self-care. But here are some ideas for how to handle the mom guilt during the holidays because I don't want to get you all fired up about how bullshit it is and then leave you without these actionable steps, right? Okay, number one, get organized. Okay, full disclosure, this might just be something that helps me, but damn, do I love a good spreadsheet or like a solid to-do list. I have an ongoing note on my phone that I have referred to for the last three Thanksgivings 
that details out every single thing I need to do for Thanksgiving, starting a week before the actual day. Now, if just listening to that sentence gave you anxiety, please ignore this tip because this is not for you. But for some of you, getting organized about your budget, events you have to attend, presents you need to buy, food you have to prepare, the trips you're going to take, all of this will help, right? If you have to go to two different sets of houses over Christmas, sit down now and make a list of everything you need to pack for each visit, including toys and snacks, how the kids are going to stay entertained, plus what dish you're going to bring, literally Any detail you need to remember for the next few weeks, get it out of your head and onto a piece of paper or onto your phone in a note or document, and that will help you manage any overwhelm and stress. Managing overwhelm and stress is going to help keep the guilt down. And then remember, all the behind the scenes work that mothers do often goes unnoticed and unappreciated. And during the holidays, there is so much that parents do that often isn't seen or acknowledged. Anything from gift shopping, meal planning, decorating the house, helping kids write those thank you notes, all of it. So when you get organized about all this stuff that has to happen, it can help you and your partner actually see the labor required. So then you can have an open conversation about how to share the responsibilities. Okay, tip number two, do a values exercise. I briefly mentioned this earlier, and then I also talked about it in my identity loss episode. Remind yourself, what are your top values and priorities? And then when you feel guilty about something, you can ask yourself, okay, do I feel guilty because I've acted against my own personal values? Or do I feel guilt because patriarchal motherhood tells me I should be acting a certain way that is actually unrealistic and impossible? This will help. Tip number three, practice mindfulness. So we're all likely familiar with mindfulness at this point, right? You've probably done a meditation practice or a breathing exercise to calm your mind. And as a yoga practitioner for over 20 years, I am a huge advocate for mindfulness because the more you practice it, it's this like more powerful tool that you can have in your pocket that helps alleviate the mom guilt in several ways. It's going to help you with your self-awareness, which allows you to recognize when that mom guilt is happening and understand the triggers. Mindfulness can help you develop non-judgmental observation, and this just helps you recognize that your guilt is a natural response to the challenges of parenting and it does not make you a bad mother. Mindfulness techniques can improve your ability to regulate emotions, allowing you to be more calm and more thoughtful, and also helps develop more empathy and self-compassion. And that self-compassion is so helpful because being a mother is a learning journey with inevitable bumps along the way and you're doing a phenomenal job and you can give yourself some grace. I don't think of mindfulness as like, optional self-care to me it's something you really just have to do to stay sane it's like brushing your teeth you just have to have a small mindfulness practice every day it doesn't have to take long right you can simply sit down in a quiet place even if it's in the car after drop off find a place where you can sit quietly close your eyes let thoughts feelings emotions just acknowledge whatever's going on in your head without judging them we're just observing this is how I feel this is what I'm thinking after a couple of minutes of that count your breaths so just count one on the inhale two on the exhale and so on until you get to 10 and then that's it open your eyes go about your day obviously there's a ton of different apps that are available videos on YouTube just find some way to incorporate mindfulness in your day as often as you can so you can more quickly and easily sink into that calm Okay, and then the next tip is practicing 
bodyfulness. So bodyfulness is a word coined by Christine Caldwell, and she wrote a book called Bodyfulness, Somatic Practices for Present, Empowerment, and Waking Up in This Life, which I'll link in the show notes. So she describes bodyfulness as a state of being present and aware in the body, a deep state of somatic wakefulness. So bodyfulness, like mindfulness, is a contemplative practice. So like just like you would practice meditation to cultivate mindfulness, you can cultivate bodyfulness through disciplined activities that create an awareness of your embodied self and accepting your own bodily nature. So things like yoga or body scans or uh, progressive muscle relaxation, you know, art or dance therapy, anything that kind of gets you out of your head and into your body is a great way to address mom guilt. Because it can also include paying attention to when your body needs something like food or water. Maybe you need to go pee. Maybe you need some sunlight. And then honoring your body in the moment. Instead of saying, ugh, I'm hungry, but I'm way too busy to eat, I'll just grab this cookie and then I'll eat later, right? And then you feel like crap. So when you're actually present in your body, it's going to make it much easier to stay balanced and calm. Okay, next tip. I want you to get really honest with yourself about what is important to you about the holidays. Find that line between doing something because it's creative and fun and you legitimately enjoy doing it, or are you doing it because there's some sort of expectation that you're trying to maintain, or you're trying to create a feeling in somebody else even if it's a drain or a burden on you. If you can sit down for a few minutes, remember, go back to getting organized. You're going to list out all of the traditions, the decorations, the events that you want or feel like you have to have. And then sit down and look at the list and decide which ones will bring you joy, which ones are going to suck, and what to do about it. Can you let go of the ones that suck or can you delegate some projects? So for example, I really actually love designing the family holiday cards. I love going through the pictures and picking out, you know, highlights and memories, but I really hate the mailing part. Sticking the card in the envelope, putting on the address label, sticking on the stamp, blah, 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 blah. So last Christmas, I told my husband, hey, if this is something we're going to do to send out the family holiday card, I'd like you and the kids to take on the task of getting these cards in the mail. I'll take the time to design them and order them, and then you guys can do all the stuff to get them out the door. And he was totally on board. He'd made a little assembly line with our kids, and they had it finished in 30 minutes. So I got to continue that tradition of family holiday cards, but I shared the burden of what I considered to be the sucky part. And here's another tip. Sometimes you do have to say no. Sometimes you have to cross the things off the list that people are expecting you to do. You can say, no, honey, I'm really sorry, but I can't volunteer at your class Christmas party. No, sir, I will not bring in 100 cookies for the office cookie swap. No, neighbor, we actually aren't free that evening for you to drop in for dinner, but we'll take a rain check for January. And I'm going to be honest with you, if you're a people pleaser, this is really hard. This is going to trigger that mom guilt for sure. It can like actually be physically painful to feel like you're disappointing people, especially people that you love, especially when those people are your kids. So this brings me to my next tip. Getting really honest with yourself might also mean lowering the bar for your kids. The expectations have gotten so big now. When I was a kid, we had really nice Christmases that were pretty simple. It was just the four of us, my mom, my dad, and my brother. And about halfway through December, we'd go pick out a tree, we'd decorate it. My dad would hang up a string of lights. 
my brother and I would bring home some homemade decorations from school. On Christmas Eve, we'd sit on the couch and we'd read like the Polar Express. And then we'd wake up in the morning and open some presents. That was it. Now for me, Christmas starts mid-November because I get the house decorated by Thanksgiving. Because for my kids, the holiday starts when the damn elf shows up, which is the morning after Thanksgiving. Now look, I put off the elf as long as I could, I promise. My oldest was nine years old before we got one. But that year that we moved, we had our first big move from our home state to a brand new state. And one of my son's classmates was talking about their Christmas elf. And he came home and he was like, how come we don't have an elf? I felt so much guilt about uprooting him that I went out to Target that afternoon and I bought the damn elf. So now he shows up after Thanksgiving and he doesn't he doesn't do any of the shenanigans. Like he doesn't make messes or do something elaborate every night. He just moves around. And I will say, as my kids have gotten older, sort of learned the truth about Christmas magic, my older kids like to help move him to keep the magic alive for my youngest daughter. So yes, we have the elf and he comes out the morning after Thanksgiving. So now my experience started even earlier. I mean, look, I don't have to tell you, that's just an example from my life. I'm sure you have multiple examples of how much there is to do and to buy this holiday season. You are well aware of that. So when you sit down to get organized and then to get honest with what you'd like to keep and what you should probably go, just know that you might have to let go of something that's going to disappoint your kids. And you get to decide this. If you want to keep the magic level off the charts, that's totally your call. And you can just make the decision, own it, move ahead and feel good about it. But if you're going to feel resentful or drained or grumpy about anything, consider if it's worth just letting it go. I think teaching your kids how to handle disappointment is one of the best skills you can teach them. It is a healthy thing to learn. And remember, your kids being disappointed with your decision doesn't mean that you are disappointing. And finally, remember this. You don't have to be the maker of all the memories and all the magic. Let the kids have memories of playing with each other without you around. Let the kids have memories of their other parent cooking breakfast for them. Let them have memories of playing video games in their bedroom while you sit on the couch all by yourself with a cheesy holiday movie and some popcorn. Good stuff can happen without you, and that's not something to feel guilty about. It's something to cherish. And remember that your children actually get joy from witnessing your joy, right? I don't know if you have this experience, but my kids, they love to ask me to tell the same jokes over and over and over again. Um, Or like they'll rewind parts of a movie because I laughed because they know what's going to make me laugh and they love to see it. They laugh in anticipation of me laughing. If you choose to skip Christmas cookie decorating and instead take a Saturday afternoon to watch your favorite movie that makes you laugh and brings you joy, everyone actually benefits. This is not a pressure to put on an act and always be happy. This is just a reminder that you can do what you really want to do and put yourself first without feeling guilty about it. To wrap this up, today we talked about mom guilt during the holidays, which yes, it's kind of seasonal, but it really impacts motherhood year round. We explored the fundamental differences between mom guilt and regular guilt, and we emphasized that mom guilt comes from these perceived failings against an idealized image of a perfect mother, which is usually brought on by societal expectations. Mom guilt can manifest in various ways, um, whether we're comparing our lives to what people are showing on social media or handling financial stress, family dynamics, and then that pressure to maintain traditions and create the perfect holiday experiences. 
And just remembering that as the holidays often disrupt your basic self-care routines, mom guilt is going to get worse with more stress and exhaustion. So to address this, we discussed strategies to alleviate mom guilt, beginning with getting organized and, you know, recognizing the invisible labor that mothers perform. We talked about mindfulness practices and bodyfulness practices to enhance that self-awareness, regulate your emotions, cultivate empathy. Uh, We talked about getting honest with yourself about your priorities, setting boundaries about what's going to happen and what's not going to happen, and sort of how crucial it is to differentiate between activities that bring you joy and then those that feel like burdens imposed upon you by the expectations of society. Learning how to say no when necessary and facing that the reality that you might disappoint your children is essential for personal growth, both for you and for your kids. Furthermore, we highlighted how mom guilt plays into the patriarchal system, reinforcing those traditional gender roles and expectations that limit women's opportunities. And this guilt ultimately benefits everybody else, including employers, advertisers, uh, social policymakers, all of these people profit from mothers' insecurities and efforts to meet those unrealistic standards. So remember, this conversation around mom guilt during the holidays and beyond is just one part of a much broader issue that encompasses all the social pressures and gender roles and unrealistic expectations placed on moms. By shedding light on the origins of mom guilt, I am hoping to empower mothers to embrace self-compassion, prioritize their well-being, and challenge those systematic forces that perpetuate this idea of mom guilt. Stay tuned for more empowering stories and insightful discussions in future episodes of Rebel Mothers. Remember to subscribe, rate, and share this podcast to spread the message far and wide. Learn more at suzyfishleader.com. And thank you for being part of the motherhood revolution.